It's the State of the Empire podcast. Every week, get a behind-the-scenes peek at the inner workings of the Arena Football League's Albany Empire. We have unfinished business to settle. Let's learn how our players, coaches, and front office are fighting to bring a championship back to the Capital Region. Now, your hosts, the voices of the Empire, A.J. Cannell and Mike Falvo. Episode 8 of the State of the Empire here on a Tuesday night, recording from Town Square Studios with Mike Falvo. I'm A.J. Cannell, the voices of the Empire, actually welcoming in a third voice of the Empire, set to join us on the Albany Empire broadcast this upcoming season, former AFL player who did play for the Firebirds and also a coach in the league who was an assistant for the Conquest and now coaches and teaches at, at the high school level, is the new head coach of Waterville. Pete Porcelli, new color commentator for the Albany Empire, joining us on the show. Pete, happy Thanks. to have you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, AJ. appreciate it. Um, really looking forward to this opportunity. Um, hopefully I can give the insight to the fans. Uh, uh, all my years of, uh, you know, my seven years of playing in the league and coaching for three years in the league and, you know, I'd love to give the fans the ins and outs of the games and uh, really looking forward to it. You know, first time doing radio. I know I've been on the radio before, but looking forward to this opportunity. What was something, Pete, that you noticed, you know, having been around the league um, originally as a player and then, like you said, also as a coach, for the Arena League to come back here to Albany? I know you were able to, to, to get to a couple games, right, last season. So what did you kind of notice this time around about the excitement level and just um, the AFL back in Albany? What were your thoughts on on season one of the Albany Empire? Pretty surreal. Um, really looks like the Firebirds from the 90s. Uh, same thing, same fan interaction. Fans are really into the game. Uh, the Albany fans are knowledgeable about the Arena Football League. They've been around for a while. Um, even though we left for a while, I, I think that, you know, they have embraced the Empire, and I think that they're going to give the Empire um, as much support as they gave the Firebirds. And, and being at the first game, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe how many people were there and just the excitement around it. And, you know, it definitely helped having Antonio Brown there and, and Eddie Brown, but I just uh, – was so excited that to see this come back to the capital region and and hopefully it's here to stay for a long time. And you know, you you know, you you like you mentioned before you played in the league, you coached in the league as well. What are a lot of the differences that you've noticed from the time when you played and coached up until we'll just say this last season? What are some of the major differences you've noticed whether it be in the game, personnel, so on? The game has evolved. Um, when I played, it was more Ironman football. You had to play offense, defense, special teams. And, you know, you'd have to go for 11, 12 minutes at a stretch. So it was definitely survival of the fittest. And, you know, now it looks like it's more um, guys are just, if they're an offensive lineman, they're offensive lineman, they're not going to play defense. So I, I think that, you know, the, the game is more um, – just it's the way it's laid out now. It's it's more you know for the individual person. Um, they don't have to play both ways. They don't have to worry about defense and then go over to offense. So um, that's one of the big things they've seen. Now, do you think that takes away from the experience, from the player experience? Because I remember uh, when we had Ari on, that was something that was uh, one of the big things that he mentioned. Yeah. Ari Wolf, the original, uh, you know, one of the original voices from back in the day—not original, but you know, long time ago voices of 
of the uh, Albany Firebirds. Um, and, you know, now Ari's gone on to uh, work for the NFL Network these days and work at a high level in terms of play-by-play, including doing the national televised Arena Football League games. For those who, you know, who missed our our podcast episode last week, great interview with, with a longtime veteran of the league. Like Mike was saying, he wasn't a big fan of that of that change, actually. No, he, you know, he really wasn't. And, uh, do you, I mean, do, do you think, you know, from a, a player coach perspective that, you know, it's, it's been beneficial or detrimental to the game? I think it helped with the uniqueness of the game. You know, you, you really couldn't concentrate on one side of the ball. So if you came out of college and you were an offensive lineman, you had to force yourself to become a defensive lineman and be able to be, you know, uh, good on both sides of the football. So, you know, I think uh, in the past when, when the league first started up, it was more of let's get as many defensive linemen as possible and teach them how to pass block because, you know, we'd, we'd rather have pass rushers that put some pressure on the quarterback and then, you know, they can teach the offensive, the defensive guys to, you know, get away with holding here or there. You know, so, um, it's just, uh, but it takes away the uniqueness of the game. This is a more specialized game now with the offensive lineman just being offensive lineman and the defensive lineman being defensive lineman. So, um, it's still an exciting game. I don't, from the fan perspective, I don't think they see a difference. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, as a player who had to go through that and play offense and defense, um, you know, we, we definitely see a difference. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a part of me that understands what Ari was saying. Um, in, in in that that made the game unique and special. But I think your point, Pete, as well that like it's still if it's a fun, exciting, high scoring, fast paced, close game, people are going to show up and like it. I think pretty much, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much regardless. Uh, what have you noticed over the years now? What has it been like, Pete, going back and forth between the arena game and the outdoor game? Because you've been a very successful high school coach. Congratulations! It's starting out at, at, at Waterville. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've been, whether you know whether it be playing, you know, or coaching, or now you're going to start commentating. But when you've been in on both sides of things, what has that been like for you? Kind of, are there ways that you have to change your mentality or different approaches, or uh, you, you know, you know, kind of in, internally, kind of what's that comparison been like between the the indoor game and the outdoor game for you? You would think, being a, a former arena football player, that I would throw the ball 80% of the game in high school, but I don't. You know, I really uh, I subscribe to a good, hard, hard-nosed running game, and I've been successful doing that. Um, I think that, you know, being up here and, and being around, you know, you get instant, instant, um, you know, credibility as a uh, professional athlete, being able to coach these kids and the kids look up to you and stuff like that. So, um I've just uh, really enjoyed my time up here. I, you know, it was actually by accident. You know, I met my wife up here, um, started teaching up here, got a coaching jobs, and uh, I've been up here ever since. I love the area I'm from Long Island, and uh, just love being in this in the capital region. Well, I remember when we were talking about perhaps having you on and and making you become a part of the broadcast team this year. That was something you brought up, which. When we were speaking with with George Manius and Rob Keefe and the brain trust of the Empire leading into last season, they were saying things like, players are going to come here, they're going to love it, and they're going to stay up here like for good. They're going to play, and they're going to maybe be here and settle down after their careers. And I'll be honest, at the time I heard that, I was like, okay, 
Like, maybe they'll enjoy playing here, but that doesn't seem likely that somebody that's maybe 28 years old or 30 years old that's been living somewhere else their entire life is going to come here and all of a sudden, you know, buckle in here for the next 30 years out of nowhere. And sure enough, you're a great example of that, Pete. And we've already seen that with, you know, we talked about last week, Tommy Grady, uh, you know, moving his family up here. And it's, it really is a real thing and a, and a great benefit to the entire community of this. Somebody like you who came up here in the first place to just play for the local team, having, you know, no previous roots here. And you've now been c- contributing to the community for, for decades afterward. It's pretty cool. It definitely is. I mean, I just graduated from college. This was 90, 1992. And, um, you know, there was a few job openings and they were in need of some football coaches and also wrestling coaches. And I think, you know, having that, you know, aura of playing professional football, playing for the Firebirds, I think that really helped me get my foot in the door and open up some doors that maybe not have been opened up before at any, at other areas. So I'm very happy to be in the capital region. Now, do you utilize some, some of the old AFL strategy with the kids? At the high school level, or do you kind of separate those two? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I kind of separated, but I, you know, I had a lot of great coaches in the arena football. They had Babe Perilli, who was the old Boston Patriots coach. He was a backup to Namath in the Super Bowl and a few other guys, Rich Saul, who's passed away, but he was the center for the Rams for 12 years and all pro. So I, I think I picked up a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have picked up from other coaches if I was just like a local guy, a local guy and local coach. So, I've been around a lot of great coaches. Mike Daly used to be for the Firebirds, Mike Hohensey, and, and just picked up things along the way. And I think that just makes me a little bit better as a coach uh, than I think I would be if I didn't have this that experience. Pete Porcelli joining us on the State of the Empire. So, you know, we'll, I think people will learn more over time, you know, more about, Pete, your, your background and connection to the community. And uh, we look forward to, you know, having you on future uh, State of the Empire radio programs, you know, from time to time as well, breaking down things with the team that obviously on the radio broadcast this season. Uh, let's branch out a little bit and talk about just um, go, go to what's been happening now around the league. And, and we'll, we'll keep Pete here with us and have him continue to chime in. And there's been a lot that's happened in the last week or so, especially because the last time we were on, uh, we're recording this. We usually do this on a Monday. We're doing this on a Tuesday night this week. And, uh, you know, as of the last episode, that was the first Monday of free agency. We really had only a limited number of signings that we knew about at that time. Since It was then, really the first, first few hours. Yeah, exactly. So, so pretty much, you know, the entirety, what's been the entirety so far of free agent signings have almost all come out. Since we recorded that episode, it's worked out. So we got a lot to, you know, a lot of catching up to do, a lot to get to. And Mike Falvo, what are some of your takeaways from one plus weeks uh, in the books of free agency? A lot of rookies, a lot of rookie <laughs> signings. <laughs> um, you know, I I've been giving my Twitter a workout in the last week, just trying to keep up with all the signings, not just here in Albany, but you know across the league. But we're we're not here to talk about who the brigade signed or who Atlantic City is assigned to. Um, well, if it's notable, we can mention it. But point, well, point actually, taken. we will, and and you know th- that'll actually be my first point. In the last right. week of signings, we got two guys coming over to us from Baltimore: Quentin Sims, wide receiver. Uh, two wide receivers, actually, Quentin Sims and Demetrius Stevens. Both, you know, like I said, mm. both wide receivers. Uh, Demetrius Stevens had nine receptions for 130 yards last year. Not bad. 
um, but he comes to us from Baltimore along with Quentin Sims. He was assigned to Baltimore last year, uh, so he comes to us also. But, you know, like I mentioned, 24 rookies assigned to the Empire, and, you know, we have a guy, uh, our Keith Brown, defensive back from the Arizona Rattlers, which anybody who's familiar with the AFL, uh, they know the Arizona Rattlers are pretty, I mean, they were top of the league for a number of years. Yeah. A number he, of years. I think, I think they won three in a row, three, uh, AFL championships in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, our Keith Brown coming to us from the Rattlers. We have Chris Black, who's a rookie coming to us from, uh, Alabama and Mizzou. Roll Tide. There you go. We got a kid from the Tide coming to us. I want to know with Brown, by the way. So he actually um, came to the Empire briefly at the end of last season during the playoff push. He had been one of those guys where when the Rattlers left the AFL, it was kind of the same thing as like a a Tommy Grady when he played in Jacksonville Mm -hmm. for that year in between when they left the AFL. Because just for convenience sake and being down there where his family was already settled, um, that's that's where he was, so he didn't want to move. And then you know, the Empire's offer was too good to turn down. Brown was a similar situation. He's he's a three-time Arena Bowl champion and an all-arena player um, you know, in, in, in the league. And so we got him at the end of last season. And, like, that's not a name. It's a household name here yet, but he probably will be uh, by the end of the year. That was a big underrated signing. Oh, I definitely think so. I mean, uh, you know, even from I, – I don't know um, – if if the Rattlers were around when you played. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Arizona Rattlers have uh, been synonymous with being a great football team. It sounds like this uh, Keith Brown that's coming aboard is a uh, a veteran, and really just, you know, it's hard to get really good veterans in this league. And, uh, you know, being a specialist that he's going to be, I think, uh, you know, Coach Keith and, and uh, Les Moss, these guys, they know their game. They've been around. I mean, combined him and – and Dave Ewart, the new assistant coach, I've had over 40 or 50 years experience between the three of them. So I think they know what they're doing and I think they're going to bring a good team out of here. What else you got in terms of some of those notes, Mike? I know you were kind of, you were on a roll there. I was, I was yeah. on a roll. Uh, I'm looking at a quarterback, uh, Quinn McQuery. Now it, I don't know if you've seen Quinn, like seen his picture, but the hair is fantastic. I, I just love the guy's hair. He looks like he could be, Think Jeff Lynn. You're nodding your head. You know who I'm talking. ELO, Jeff Lynn. Yep, yep. Uh, but not only that, but he has good quarterback numbers. Uh, 2017, 2,886 yards, 227 completions on 365 attempts with 23 touchdowns. I, I mean, I think he could be a force to be reckoned with in the arena football. Is this league. his first year? Yeah, he's a rookie. He'll, he'll be, he'll what be coming in he as from a rookie. College? Uh, small school. Montana Tech. Yeah, very small school. Yeah, yeah. Trying very to, small school. Trying to make the team behind Tommy Grady because that's his job. Let's let's not forget that. Exactly, exactly. Also, Donnie Miles from University in North Carolina, Tar Heel, coming to us uh, at defensive back. Had thirty eight starts over his career, three hundred twenty tackles at UNC. No slouch there whatsoever. Um, really, that's all I got as far as notes. Oh, Chris Black, I mentioned from, uh, from Alabama, transferred to Missouri in 2006, Mizzou Tiger, 17 receptions for 257 yards, rated 48th in the country back in uh, 2016. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is like with a lot of these rookies, um, 
you don't know what you're going to get because I think Pete, you can speak to this. The skill set that is required to succeed in the outdoor game is is sometimes very different depending on position than what it takes to succeed in the arena game. So you could have a kid from from North Carolina or a star at Texas or something like that, and they might they might be a star here. They might, Coach. but you know, but you don't know that for sure. And the same thing with somebody who might you might not have heard of from a smaller level where they might have an unexpected amount of success here. I think Coach Keefe knows the blueprint of what he wants in a receiver, and I think he sees something that some of these young guys, I don't think that he would waste a pick on some of these rookies, but I, I think you know having a guy like Malachi Jones last year and trying to get guys that can fill the void of him, I, I think Coach Keefe will do a great job in that, and I think this kid's going to come and do some great things. Something else I noticed, uh, you know, Philadelphia brought back you know, a lot of the guys that are sort of household names there, um, Darius Money Reynolds is coming back to them, mm-hmm. P.K. Manley coming back to them, offensive and defensive linemen that are that are household names coming back there, guys like that. Um, I believe um, Washa, who is a big standout, I, I, I believe he's back with Philly, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the Empire, you mentioned some of the rookies, uh, Mike, but, you know, over the course of the last week, they were able to re-sign uh, since we last recorded this, um, Joe Sykes, who we had in the podcast, mm-hmm. who is the all-time leader in sacks now in the Arena Football League, uh, Mo Ruffins and Ryan Cave, two of the three standout members of the offensive line last year, who were, I mean, this was this was the backbone of the team last year besides Grady, I thought, and the most underrated part of a team last year was the offensive line. They were amazing. Yes, they were. We have seven familiar faces returning to the Empire total. As of right now, uh, one name mysteriously not on the list yet is Joe Superman Hills. True. What's what's Joe going to do? Last thing I saw on social media with Joe is, should I dye my hair blonde again? We will see. If he comes here and if he dyes his hair blonde again. Yes. Uh, but we'll see both of those things. Yes. I wanted to also, um, Cissé's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, good defensive lineman, serviceable last year. Actually, beyond serviceable, I would think it's fair to say. End up becoming an all-arena player kind of under the radar. And then, uh, to me, an, an underrated signing was um, was Michael Benson, the, the fullback coming back in. It was a big uh, mid-season acquisition on last year's roster, who I think... People aren't going to really necessarily okay. Michael Benson, he's a fullback. Who, you know, what do we care? No, he. Th- this was this was one of the key players of the team last year that really brought the team's offense to a different dimension, adding a real running threat um, coming back. And you know, another name that just popped into my head, Colin Taylor. We have yet to hear where he's going to go, what he's going to do. Yeah, even though, even though like on social media, he's been he's he's been Hollywood. He's been doing the Hollywood thing lately, getting a little bit of acting in and, right. you know, doing a little in front of the camera work. But, uh, you know, I, I would love to see Colin Taylor come back to the, to the TU and, uh, uh, Brian Burkowski is another one. Yeah. I mean, you know, CT, um, it was kind of hard to say with him how strongly he was considering even coming back to the league or not. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of tough to get a read on that. I think he enjoyed his time here. I think we'll see. You know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's definitely hard to say. Um, with him, you know, one question I had for you, Pete, talking about this free agency was, um, you know, the way that it works now is that all these guys have been on one year contracts. So you reset the entire league each off season and the players go where they go. And it's become particularly complicated with some new franchises coming in, gives more options for all the players. I'm wondering when you were playing 
How did it work? Um, were there options to sign multi-year contracts for the players, or was it similar to like it is right now with basically just everybody on a one-year deal, one at, one year at a time? It was everyone on a one-year deal, mm-hmm. but I didn't see as much movement as we're seeing now, maybe because mm-hmm. there's not many teams. But um, to get back to the offensive line again, being an offensive lineman myself, you don't even know who the offensive linemen are until they give up a quarterback sack. So um, they've done a great <laughs> job, and uh, you know I'm looking forward to uh, watching those guys do uh, do their work. But yeah, I mean, you know, free agency is important. You know, guys like Colin Taylor and Joe Hills. You know, this is a commitment. This is a, a commitment on your body. Um, so these guys are probably still thinking things over. You know, should I yeah. put myself through this again, or exactly. should I not? What 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 does it take, by the way, to be um, you know maybe aside from just in the outdoor game, like specific things that are that have to be in your skill set, in particular in the arena game as an offensive lineman. What makes a great O lineman? Because the Empire had three of them last year with Cave, Ruffins, and then obviously Hayworth Hicks is a guy we're waiting on, like in in, in that category of who mm-hmm. Mike was talking about. Continuity is big. I mean, you, you know, you work with a guy, you work next to a guy for a few games, you know, for uh, weeks of a season. You want to have that continuity. You want to be able to communicate on the line of scrimmage and you kind of know what the guy's going to next to you is going to do before the, before the ball snaps. So, you know, having new linemen come in every year. I mean, that's, that's no good for Tom, uh, Grady, but it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, you really can't. Um, there's no substitute for great offensive linemen, and especially having that continuity through the years. Now, it, it, if you, as a former player and a former coach, could sit down with one of these, uh, with one of the rookies coming into the league this year, what kind of advice would you give them? One day at a time. Uh, learn the game slow. Um, I've seen a lot of guys who were in the Super Bowl play in the NFL, and they come to this, this league, and they just they get gobbled up because they just they try to do too much, or they just don't know enough, and they don't they don't. They're not as hungry as maybe the younger guys are, the arena guys that maybe haven't had a chance to get in the NFL. But, um, yeah, I think it take it one day at a time. And, and mm-hmm. you know, some of these guys that were rookies last year, they're going to be so much better this year just to having the experience of playing. Uh, you know, another thing I want, one last point I wanted to make about kind of like the makeup of um, of the upcoming year's team, um, which I, I believe um, – on the opening night podcast, we talked about Arvell Nelson coming back to Washington. We did, obviously, Grady coming back here. Um, and then I'm not sure if we got in that Radabaugh is officially back to Philly. Um, and we had not heard anything about Hippert yet, the Baltimore quarterback. I think that's a big thing for Atlantic City and, and, and Columbus, too, just sort of trying to figure out uh, who their quarterbacks are going to be. It's going to be an interesting storyline. But the one other thing I want to bring up anyways about the Empire was just it's going to be a rebuilding effort a little bit defensively this year. Um, you mentioned CCA is coming back. Um, mentioned Sykes is coming back. But Arthur Hobbs is the latest guy that was a part of last year's secondary to leave. Mm-hmm. He, he goes to Atlantic City. We talked about, you know, last week, uh, I think we might have mentioned Mario Norman mm-hmm. uh, leaving for Washington. or Sony. Marvin, uh, Var- Var- yeah, Sony was the one that we talked about last week. Uh, Mario Norman, I think, came out in between. Um, so there's been a number of instances like that where some of our top defensive players from last year have decided to move on. And, and now it's – but a guy like R. Keith Brown, who wasn't really here most of last year, he's now kind of back in the fold. So um, I think – Coach Keefe is still going to be confident in his defense, but that's the area where it looks like there's a lot coming back offensively with the quarterback, with um, 
you know, two of our top three offensive offensive linemen, Jordan Williams coming back in the fold. Uh, they, they add a guy like Quinton Sims at wide receiver from Baltimore, who's a big addition. You know, we'll see as things continue to filter in. But to me, the bigger adjustment is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. No doubt about it. Oh, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Like you mentioned, we have those big uh, quote-unquote holes to fill. Uh, you know, in, in looking at the sign, the assignments that I have in front of me, a lot of deep, a lot of defensive backs, a lot of linebackers, you know, on this list. So you know where Coach Keefe's, you know, quote unquote priorities mm-hmm. are going to be this season. Well, I shouldn't say this season, but for training camp coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, the real unknown is getting all these rookies because it's just, it's hard to say what's going to end up happening with a lot of these guys because they have been unproven and untested in the league. So there'll be a few of them that I'm sure will end up being standouts and a lot of guys won't make it. You just don't really know. So to me, kind of analyzing a lot of that, it's it's really hard to say with a lot of them. The known commodities are the guys who've been around the league. The interesting thing, though, I think is going to be, you know, what does Coach Keefe do in terms of, uh, and what do these other coaches do in terms of playbooks? You know, coaches are creatures of habit. You know, these guys know the schemes of other teams, these guys that go to different teams. I mean, you know, you're going to have to change your calls. You're going to have to change your check downs. You're going to be able to change your audibles. So uh, that should be interesting because a lot of these players, you know, I mean, you're basically married to the team. You're married to the coaching staff the entire mm. season. So they're going to know how these coaches tick. And they're going to, you know, so it should be a nice little chess game. And, you know, with with to that point as well, um, Pete, the the amount of veteran coaches – in the league, to me, has definitely changed. That's 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 been that's been a big kind of upgrade, a little bit under the radar, um, as far as just adding these two new franchises to the league, being able to add um, Ron James back into the fold, and then Matt Sock, who coach uh, proven Keith, winners, yeah, yeah proven winners, you know, yeah. both guys that coach Keith has a background with, but kind of not only proven winners, but, but people that it's going to turn into a really interesting chess match. I think this year with a lot of these guys with, you know, with all these guys in, in the fold now, uh, you, you're going to see some real good coaching. You're going to see a lot of strategy towards the end of the game. I see how the, the rules have changed with the 32nd mm. instead of one minute timing rules. So it's going to be, uh, you know, whoever has the ball last, and sometimes it does turn into a basketball game who has last possession. You know, and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that. That's been one of the questions that we've asked. You know, we asked uh, Coach Keefe his thoughts on that. Ari Wolf last week, we asked his thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on the time change from the one minute to 30 seconds? I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I mean, there must be a reason. Um, but I think it's uh, it's con- going to condense your play calling towards the end of the game and your strategy of how you're going to burn timeouts or not. Um, I I wish they would bring back the rule where you had to move the ball forward. You know, you had to get mm. some positive yardage um, unless the and if you didn't, the clock stopped. So, um, you know, the way this game is is played. You know, we always used to say, you know, down by 21 or up by 21 with a minute left in the game, it doesn't make a difference. Right. Things, crazy mm-hmm. things happen. And in the way these kickers are doing their onside kicks, the, the games are never over. And we saw that a couple times last year. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we'll see, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, I think if there's an adjustment that has to be made, I, I have confidence they will make it. I think it'll be interesting to see. I would say let's give these rule changes a chance for the year and then, I'm willing to reserve total judgment until I see it 
happen this year, but I think I agree with your point overall, Pete, and like Ari last week had similar points. Like, they're strong points. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Uh, Mike, pretty much, uh, first of all, any other uh, player-related thing points you had? Um, none off the top of my head, you know, like I said, there's still a couple names that were still, that are still kind of in limbo, still kind of floating out there. I mean, um, there's still time, you know, we, we could get, you know, a major update tomorrow in a couple days, or maybe even a little bit through training camp. We, we don't know yet. Um, but I mean, aside from that, I got, I'm good. We got the Atlantic city team name is the one other big thing that's come out, right? The blackjacks. Yes. Yes, it's official. And, and I gotta be honest with you. I kind I don't know if, I don't know if you've seen the, the logo, logo and, yeah. and the colors and I kind of dig it. Yeah. I like it. They're going to bring an excitement. Um, I did play for Las Vegas, so I, I know mm-hmm. about playing and, you know, where it's a gambling capital. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be great. It's going to be great for the league. I think, uh, Ron will do a great job with that. Uh, it should be exciting. What was that like playing in Vegas? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> we didn't make a lot of money, so I don't really know, uh, you know, being a player is just, you know, practice. It was 120 degree heat oh, and we had man. meetings and practice. I mean, we were just so t- exhausted by the end of the day. I mean, maybe we went to the casinos a few times, but I, I, I it was just all blur. <laughs> you know, I, I lived in Arizona for a year when I got out of the service, when I got out of the military and I had the chance to go to a few Arizona Rattler games. Right. Um, and yeah, the heat out west is no joke. Oh, I, I couldn't imagine being a player yeah. and having to wear all the gear, running around outside, fighting off rattlesnakes and scorpions and all mm-hmm. that other business in the 120 degree heat. Well, the positive thing, it looks like the league is on the rise. Adding two teams, I think, is positive for, for the league. I think, uh, hopefully we get teams back like the Tampa Bay Storms, the Orlando Predators. We can only, Cross our fingers, but you know, playing down in Florida arena football, I man, that's just, I just, I still cannot believe there's not a, a, an AFL team down there. I know there's some other national arena league teams down there, but right. just, it just, it just changes the whole, I mean, the, everybody looked forward to playing in Orlando and Tampa. Just, just a great time, great fan support. Um, hopefully that comes back and hopefully we, you know, we find other cities and maybe Atlantic City's the new hot spot. Who knows? I'm never going to complain about going to Florida ever. So, uh, no. hopefully, uh, hopefully they do bring those back. And then we don't, you know, the other thing that kind of in the back burner a little bit is that Cleveland is technically still in the league, but on hiatus mm-hmm. with the, um, arena renovations there. So hard to say what that ends up materializing as if that, if they actually do come back or not, but that'll always be a possibility. You would think. You think Florida is going to be a possibility, and then kind of there. I think they have an open mind if they're willing to go to Atlantic City, they'll go anywhere if it makes enough sense. Well, uh, guys, uh, as always, we appreciate this, Pete. Look forward to hearing from you throughout the season. Looking forward to having you on as the color commentator for the broadcast this year. And uh, Mike, if that's all you got, nothing else. Huh? I think I'm good. I got, I got nothing else. All right, Pete. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, guys. Great. Looking forward to it. Great to have you on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the former Firebird and other teams across the league, like Pete's. Who, who else do you play for uh, besides uh, Firebirds? Anaheim Piranhas, Connecticut Coyotes. <laughs> wow, so you were both left and right coast. I was all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I you know, uh, yeah, four years with the Firebirds, and then uh, I was on the uh, original Firebird team. Just to get back to about signings, it's real early. It's real yeah, early. I yeah. mean, I mean, you've got guys that's still going to get cut from the Alliance of American Football, and there's going to be guys come uh, looking to play in July 
in June. That'll give certain teams boosts at the end of the season, just like the Washington team did last year when they came mm-hmm. and just changed things up. And they were a different team from week week one and two. I think we're seeing that maybe with the alliance. Like it doesn't always necessarily need to be viewed at viewed as as a you know competitive thing. Like maybe a negative thing necessarily. It actually like we're seeing some of these rookies. Um, that I'm not sure, like, would, would the connection have been made? Okay, they should come here. We should go and get them if they hadn't been a part of the alliance. I think that's a platform for them to try and have their own success, obviously, but also that's a place to go and get some of that, some of that young talent and see what they have. And then, you know, I think a few of these rookie signings already have been have been have come from the alliance. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, uh, you know, you don't have to look at it necessarily as, oh, the alliance is going to kind of uh, get in the way of what the AFL is doing. It might help in a way as well. Uh, so that about does it for this week. I'm sure there'll be more signings coming out in the next week or so. Uh, so we'll 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 hit you back with those as they come out, and uh, you know, make sure you you stay tuned on the Albany Empire's Twitter page and and website and Facebook page for for more of those updates. But uh, Pete Porcelli, looking forward to having him on the broadcast all year long. Mike Falvo, A.J. Cannell, saying so long for this edition of the State of the Empire podcast.